It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. The price tag for Dylan Cease is becoming a bit more clear, leading us to ask the question, do the Reds have prospects that are untouchable? We're going to tell you on today's Locked on Reds. You are Locked on Reds, your daily Cincinnati Reds podcast, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. You are Locked On Reds with myself, Jeff Carr, and my co-host, Stephen Offenbaker. We are lifelong Cincinnati Reds fans that have turned an addiction into information for you. I want to thank you for making Locked On Reds part of your day and talking some Reds with us. We are part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every single day, and we are always free and available on all platforms. Thanks so much for joining us here today. We've got a lot to talk about because the Reds got the number two overall pick in the draft. And Steve and I have not yet discussed that. So we are going to talk about that later on in today's show. And prospects and untouchable, this is something we've discussed quite a few times over the past few off seasons. We're going to discuss it again, and we're probably going to come to the same conclusion that we always do. Spoiler alert, if you're an everydayer, you've probably heard it before. It's worth rehashing. But we want to start today with a actual, tangible, legitimate trade proposal that was thrown out there, that was leaked. It was leaked by actually a Chicago radio host. It was not linked by anybody close to the Reds. It was linked more from the White Sox saying this. The asking price for Sox pitcher Dylan Cease is very high and should be for two years control an $8 million contract. The Reds were asked for four top prospects, including Rhett Lauder, Chase Petty, the number nine and number 11 position prospects as well. Sox will get more as the market shakes out. And the question that is on everybody's mind, and quite a few people have already weighed in on this on X, Is this too much? Because, Steve, I don't think it is. I don't think this was actually the deal. I think Mm. this was the I think this was the the opening salvo from the Chicago White Sox. That that phone call went something like here's where we're from the White Sox or from Nick Crawl. Like Nick Crawl. This is from I think this is from the White Sox. I think this is a phone call that went something along the lines of hey, Nick, uh, we want to talk about Cease. We know you're interested. Here's where we want to start, and then we'll build it out from here. Mm-hmm. And they they drop these four names. Because I'll tell you right now, if I'm Nick Craw on the phone and the White Sox call up and said, this is the four guys we want, I'd have had the trade completed before that phone call ended. Um, mm-hmm. Because while I understand that you're giving away, well, you're not giving away. You're trading two possible major league pitchers someday for a bona fide rotation stabilizing big dog 32 start guy that can yes. come into Cincinnati immediately and make this team a division contender. Um, yeah. For me, that's a no brainer. And this new model in Cincinnati is something, you know, I've talked about a bunch of times, Jeff, where the fan base is going to have to adjust the way of thinking that's been always around here, which is we get these prospects, we hoard them, we bring them up and we hope, Fingers crossed that it all works out. That's not how you win baseball games in 2024. Uh, It's no brainer for me. I'd have done this deal in a heartbeat. 
And I find this really fascinating at the timing of the report and things like this, because we had talked about on yesterday's episode that we wanted to discuss this idea of prospects being untradeable. And this is a fantastic example. This is why they shouldn't be. Look, I get it. Rhett Lauder is very impressive and his, his resume and his upside look phenomenal. Chase Petty has great upside though. I don't necessarily think we have seen it yet in the minors, but he has upside there. And then the two position players, which, okay. So the position players is saying that, um, the number nine and number 11 position prospects. If you look at MLB pipeline, that is Carlos Jorge and Sammy, Sammy Stafura. Both of those guys are blocked. So whether or not they're ready to come up to the, uh, the major leagues right now, both are middle infielders. What do we have a lot of right now? Middle infielders. And how long are they going to be here? They're all under team control for like another five years. So it's not as if we have this immediate need for middle infield prospects to be ready for the major leagues. If you can turn those guys into Dylan Cease, who is not only he's not only under control for two years, he's under cost control for two more years. Like the, the arbitration expectation is around 8 million, maybe up to 9 million, but that's probably as high as it goes for 2024. And then you bump that up, maybe 12, 13, 14 million for the final year of arbitration for him. You're talking about a bona fide dude for the, for less than half of what guys like him are going for on the free agent market this season. That is an absolute no brainer for me. And I get it. There's a lot of folks that are just like, you can't trade these guys that you just drafted, like Rhett Lauder and Sammy Stafura. You absolutely can. Plus, you have the ability that if Dylan Cease is amazing this year, but if all of your other young pitchers come along this year, like we kind of hope they could, then you could trade him next year and get a package that is just as comparable to the one that you give up. This is not a scenario where it's either or, where you either trade prospects and get major leaguers and you can't do both. Nick Crawl knows how to work this game. And if you get Dylan Cease, you become the division favorite, period, plain and simple. I will hear no other alternatives. You know, it's also, I think, probably important to bear in mind, there's only one reason for the Chicago White Sox to have leaked this package. Uh, they're trying to create a bidding war, and they're trying to get everyone to up their offers. So uh, to me, that means they're probably nearing a decision, and they're trying to... Uh, Trying to make that call for last best offer, I think. You know so who they're trying to turn the wait. screws on is Baltimore because Baltimore's the only other team that's got the prospect capital to compete with the Reds in this trade. Yeah. And, and and that seems pretty accurate, Jeff. I, I think that they're probably close to figuring out what it is they want to do so they can plan out the rest of their offseason. And it would make sense to me that they leak this now near the end of the or at the end of the winter meetings. And, you know, try and drive that last best offer from everyone involved to make a decision maybe by, say, the beginning of next week sounds about mm -hmm. right in the timeline for the White Sox to make a decision on this. Perfect timing for you and me. I know. Perfect timing for you and me, as both of us are actually going away next week. But, yeah, I, I think that this is a good sign for the Reds. And I don't necessarily know that. This is something that it's, it's okay. Well, we're reporting that the Reds are in on this deal because we actually want to trade with the Orioles. I think that the White Sox ultimately want to trade with the Reds because at most they will see them three games a year. And in the best case of scenarios, the only other time they would see them is in the World Series. 
So they've got little chance of running back into Dylan Cease for the next two seasons. So that's how they kind of look at this. The Reds have so much prospect capital to deal with. Plus, from the Reds' side of things, if you really want to get worried about trading draft picks from last year, they're about to have an even better draft pick this year, which we will discuss here in a little bit. But I, I, I just think that, and we're going to go into this in more in depth here in a few minutes, to get all up in arms about minor league players that you're trading for major league talent, for proven bona fide major league talent, the Reds are not winning the division with Brett Lauda this year. The Reds are not winning the division with Chase Petty, Carlos Jorge, or um, or, or Sammy Stafura this year, nor do we know for a fact that they ever would in the future. We know for a fact they get Dylan Cease this year, they got a real good shot to beat out the Brewers, to beat out the Cardinals, beat out the Cubs and the Pirates who aren't doing anything right now. So go do that. Yeah. Sorry. (laughs) Look, they traded for Marco Gonzalez. Nobody cares about that. trade. Nobody cares. I don't think Pirates fans care about that trade. Let me ask you this real quick, Jeff, while we've got a couple minutes talking about this whole Dylan Cease potential, Dylan Cease possibility, break it down one more time. We've talked about it a bunch of time, but give, give a quick succinct evaluation of Dylan Cease, because I know people that are going to just look at his stat line real quick, give it a glance and go, Oh my God, a 4.58 ERA. Uh, This is, this is terrible. Like we're not giving up Rhett louder for a guy that's on nearly a five in ERA. Break it down. Dylan Cease is exactly what the Reds want. He has pitched 32 starts. He pitched 32 starts in 2021, 32 starts in 2022, and 33 starts last season. No Red has thrown 30 or more starts. I I can't even remember. I'd have to look it up. The last time that we had a Red make 30 or more starts, it was probably going back to when they had, you know, Johnny Cueto and Bronson Arroyo and all those guys. Uh, Maybe Luis Castillo did. Um, I might be overlooking that. But still, we're talking about a long time that the Reds have had a guy like this. He was runner up in the Cy Young in 2022. And sure, the thing that people are probably looking at and saying, why on earth are we trading so much for Dylan Cease? The 4.58 ERA last year, his FIP and his ex-FIP, the things we talk about that really show what a pitcher can control, said that he got super unlucky. Do you know why he got super unlucky, Steve? Because he had the White Sox freaking defense behind him. And they were horrible. They made the Reds' defense look good last season. So you bring Dylan Cease down to this team. You put him in Great American Ballpark, and he's fantastic at striking people out. He is fantastic at limiting the hits. This is no brainer for me. This is the best deal. We talked about the merits of the three pitchers that the Reds have been connected to in trades the other day. Dylan sees far and away the best talent of the three. It's just his his trade package would be the most expensive. If you can get him without giving up somebody who's currently in the major leagues, you do that deal yesterday. Yeah, I think a rotation of Cease, Green, Abbott, Ashcraft, and then let Ladolo maybe fight out that last spot. Let, you know, Martinez. I mean, Martinez, this, this makes guys, this, it's going to be huge. Right. Like you don't have to put Martinez in the rotation if you get Dylan Cease. But if you do, then you just have so much rotation. This trade makes far too much sense to me. All right, Jeff, we're going to keep talking about this whole prospect situation because there's some examples we can point to. 
as to why you don't hang on to prospects for the sake of hanging on to prospects. And we're going to talk about that coming up next. Before I get to that, though, I want to shout out the sponsor of today's podcast. Today's show is brought to you by FanDuel. You can score often for the remainder of the NFL season with FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Right now, new customers at FanDuel are going to get $150 back in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. That's 150 bucks back if your team wins in bonus bets. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action than right now. The app is easy to use. There's a wide range of betting options, including playing the point spreads, player props, Jeff's personal favorite, the over-unders, and so much more. You can combine prop bets on a game into single-game parlays for even more fun on the action. Looking ahead, FanDuel has some odds that you might be interested in on Ellie De La Cruz uh, stealing bases. He has the fourth best odds to lead the majors in stolen bases next year. I will take that. Ellie is sitting at 12 to 1 odds, so maybe throw a few bucks at that while you're making your money line bet on, hey, maybe the Bengals. I've been making fun of them during this ad read about not taking them on a money line, but turns out I was wrong on Monday night. Were you? Jake Browning! Jake Browning, baby. Uh, so get over to fanduel.com slash locked on right now and start turning your sports knowledge into cold, hard cash. FanDuel is an official partner of the National Football League and the official sports book of Locked On. Locked On has launched the first ever national 24 7 streaming sports channel on YouTube. Locked On Sports Today is here for you 24 7, covering the top sports stories of the day with local experts from the Locked On Network, plus the national shows covering every league. Go to Locked On Sports Today on YouTube and subscribe to the first ever national sports 24 7 streaming channel. All right, Jeff, let's dive back into some of this uh, untouchable prospects talk because there's some recent, hard, specific examples we can look at as to why the next great coming of the best baseball player to ever play the game doesn't always pan out. And we're going to start this conversation with two words, Nick Senzel. If you recall, he was untouchable. He was untradeable. There was a point in time where there was a deal in place for Nick Senzel and Tucker Barnhart to bring in JT Romuto to be a member of the Cincinnati Reds. And good old Bob nicks that deal because Nick Senzel is going to be a superstar. Let's start the conversation there, Jeffrey. This one hurts, Steve. And, and for anybody that, that thinks that this, uh, this was a good thing, JT Romuto has been far and away the best catcher in Major League Baseball. And I don't think it's been close. Uh, quite frankly, defensively, offensively, he does everything. He's one of the big reasons that the Phillies are consistent contenders. That would have been an amazing get to have JT Real Muto leading this pitching staff and leading this team. That would have been fantastic. And you wouldn't have given up. I mean, I love Tucker, but he wouldn't have given up anything in Nixon. Zell. because back then, if you brought Nixon Zell up in a trade, we immediately said, well, the potential man, that, 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 that upside, you can't, you can't lose him. Yeah, I mean, hindsight's twenty twenty, obviously, in this situation. But if we're talking about these kind of trades where you're getting bona fide guys back and the reason that you say no, she's like, well, this, this guy, he might be good. Look, going back to the Dylan Cease thing, like the best case scenario for Rhett Lauder is that he's Dylan Cease. 
the best case scenario for Chase Petty is that he's Dylan Cease. And you know who you got on the other side of that trade? Dylan Cease. Like JT Real Muto was what Tucker Barnhart wished he was. And, and the fact that they turned that deal down because Nixon's could be somebody is so, so tough of a pill to swallow. And I don't know that there's any prospect, and that's the key word here, prospect who has not hit the major leagues yet, that I would say is untouchable. Because I understand, and, and, and this is the part that people can say, well, Jeff, if you would have traded Elliot, if you would have traded Noevi Marte or Matt McClain or somebody like that before they reach him, well, what about that? That's a special situation. This never happens, what the Reds did last year. That never happens. The fact that it happened now, we're not going to be spoiled with that every year. Stop thinking that. Edwin Arroyo is not ready. Rhett Lauder is probably the only guy who is a prospect right now who's ready to come to the major leagues. And even then, we still don't know because there were reports of maybe he having elbow issues and things like that. So I think that when you look at these trades that are prospects for major leaguers in, in the position that the Reds are in right now to contend right now, you cannot say no to them simply because you're like, well, I've got a crystal ball and my crystal ball says no, no, you don't. And, and it's important. This, the cease trade, you know, there weren't names in there like Connor Phillips. There's still, right. there's still talent available if you trade these other players away and, and you hit on something there in the first segment, that's important to remember cease comes with two years of control. You use him to push through 2024. Let's say Connor Phillips becomes what we hope Connor Phillips will be. Let's say Nick Lodolo is back and healthy. Let's say a lot of the question marks we have for the young guys in 2024 get answered in the affirmative, get answered in the positive. Uh, you turn around and you trade Dylan Cease and you bring back another haul because as I've been saying, jumping up and down on my chair over here, it is expensive to buy pitching at the trade deadline. And people always do it. So you won't just be giving those guys away. There will be a return on that investment on top of the winning baseball. So for me, it's fine. We talk, we talk about prospects, Jeff. And I know that people still consider the rookies at the major league level prospects. And so I can, I can feel the disturbance in the comment section a little yeah, bit. It's about, not oh, who we're talking about here. <laughs> yeah. You know, we're not talking about those guys. And you're going to play a what if game of, well, what if they had traded Ellie? Well, what if they had traded Matt McClain? What if they had done this? Well, you know, I would assume that that would have only happened if the Reds were in contention to win and they weren't, uh, they were only in contention to win when those guys achieved the major league level. And they were only in contention to win because of a once in a generation alignment of prospect talent, all hitting all at the same time. Nobody, was a disappointment. Everybody did their thing. We'll probably never see that again in our lifetimes. So you can't, you can't look back through those glasses and say, well, what if the Reds had done it? Well, you know what? If the Reds had done it, it would have meant they were a winner and I want a winner. I, I, I don't want a collection of players that we think are kind of cool. I want the Reds to win baseball games. And this is how you do it. This is how Cincinnati, Ohio puts together a winning baseball team in 2024. You trade people to bring in talent. You use them to the best of their ability, and then you trade them away to restock. That's the way it goes with a few exceptions of long-term signings. That's the new game in town, folks. I'm not speculating this. Nick Crawl badly looked into a camera and poorly stated the very fact. That is how the plan works. We got to get right. used to it. And, and I think it's important to note here, like, 
the Reds have a deep farm system. So like if you make this this trade that was proposed, you still have dudes that fill in. Like there are some really young guys who are in the lower levels of the minor leagues that aren't being talked about right now, but have oodles of talent. I mean, you're talking about the uh the <clears throat> I'm sorry, I think it was Dominican catcher Alfredo Duno, who's coming up, who's mm-hmm. going to be amazing. You have Shen Eng Len or and I think I, I butchered that, but um, a very talented middle infielder that the Reds have. Far be it for the- me to try to correct anybody's pronunciation of anything. So if right, you I say that's apologize. if you say that's how we say it, that's how we'll say it. I apologize if I did butcher that, but um, you have him. You have uh, Acosta. You have Aguiar. There's so many different guys that I, I really think the Reds have hit their generation of contention such that you don't have to worry about who's coming up in 2025, who's worried about who's coming up in 2026 and things like that. Because when those guys come up, this Reds team is going to be rolling along. They're going to be in the middle of their contention window. And if they're big contributors, great. But at that point, we hope that everybody who's on the major league roster is holding down the position to the point that those guys are blocked. And we're not into the, the, the whole idea of let's constantly have this this prospect churn and things like that where we're looking at each and every year you're calling up five six seven guys there's going to be a couple of years where it's like let's let these dudes that we just called up marinate a little bit let's let them run the show let's let them compete for these championships and things like that and you supplement them by trading the guys who aren't necessarily part of the plan right away with plenty of dudes still in tow, the Reds still have plenty of guys in their farm system that they're going to be able to bring up in a couple of years, whenever it's time to kind of churn and, and, and see whose contracts are going to be keeping and whose contracts are going to be trading and things like that. Because ultimately this is an economic game and the Reds have lots and lots of supply where it comes to the prospect capital. I, I, I feel like people misread this to think that, if you're a prospect, that means that we can't get rid of you. Part of the deal with prospects is that they are meant to be traded for your bona fide major league talent because the way that the Reds win this game is not by going out and signing $50 million a year players. The way that the Reds win this game is to find the economic inefficiencies where they can trade for a guy like Dylan Cease because the White Sox are begging, they're pleading, for any kind of farm system whatsoever. And hey, the Reds just happen to be able to supply them with a little bit of that. And I will say before we wrap this up, Jeff, that in years past, we've spent a lot of time talking about Daytona, a lot of time talking about Dayton, a little bit of time talking about Chattanooga, because that's really where all the action was. Um, The Reds were losing 100, 100 games. Things were bad. We weren't looking at that a whole lot in the off season. Uh, this has been a different kind of off season, not only for the reds, but for us here on locked on reds. I, I just wanted to briefly remind everybody. That's why we haven't been talking about the minors, the low levels, but coming up in January, when we get into the new year, we'll have our buddy, Tom Nichols in, we'll talk about those guys down there. Uh, we'll, we'll reach out and maybe talk with Doug Gray a little bit about Reds minor leagues. And we'll, we'll circle that conversation back up when we get into January and are, are really just looking at the X's on the calendar, trying to get to Goodyear. We'll fill in and get everybody back up to speed on what's been going on down at those low levels uh, with the prospects and with the talent so that everybody's kind of on the same page. So we haven't forgotten about them. Uh, there's just been a lot of exciting things right here at the major league level to talk about for the last little bit. 
Exactly. And there will continue to be because this is going to be an amazing season. Trust me. I'm looking forward to it. Speaking of amazing, the Reds got amazing news that we weren't expecting at all. And we're going to celebrate because the Reds have the second overall pick in the draft, which means they have the pick of one of the three best players in the draft. It's a very top-heavy draft if you listen to our, our pal Lindsey Crosby over at Lockdown MAB Prospects. And guess what? The Reds, right in the middle, being able to take advantage of that. We'll talk about that coming up next. Before we jump into that, though, I wanted to let you know that in between episodes, you can follow us on social media. On X, you can follow me at Jeff Carr with three Fs. You can follow Steve at Offenbaker with two Fs. And you can follow the show at Locked on Reds. You can also uh, join the Lockdown Reds Discord page. Got a lot of great folks talking baseball over there. And follow, bookmark, make sure you go to this site every single day, insidethereds.com. Actually, there's a, a reaction article up there by our friend Rick Uccino about that Dylan Cease trade and what he thinks about that. So go check that out, insidethereds.com. All right, Steve, the Reds got the number two overall pick. This was insanely surprising to me number one the reds had a 0.9 percent chance at the number one overall pick i did see some odds that said the odds of them actually landing the number two overall pick was like 200 to one or something like that it's just insane numbers the fact that they made it all the way up there and all the teams who had horrible years and were looking and saying well you know what at least we got a shot at the number one pick the Reds have a winning record and have higher picks than all of them. This is hilarious, and I love it. It's First off, everything is coming up Ohio during this draft lottery. <laughs> Cleveland because Cleveland gets the number one. The Reds get the number two. And for me, this was just, you know, this was like a bonus gift. This was, yeah. this was you know, your significant other buying you something just because. This was, <laughs> this was you know, that, that eagle while you're playing your round of golf, you go to Taco Bell and you get an extra taco that you didn't order. It's that's right. It was just a bonus. Uh, this is big for the Reds. This is going to allow them to just add one more top prospect to this system, which falling back on the whole theme of this show means that there are guys that are expendable and still not damaging the lower levels of the prospect system. So for me, this is, this is a big deal. You know who I feel sorry for Jeff. You talk about the teams that were, looking at this going, well, maybe we still have a chance to get a, a high pick. I really feel bad for the Washington Nationals because yeah. I don't know if you caught this or not, but I just thought it was a very quirky, interesting story. The Washington Nationals were prohibited from having a lottery high pick uh, because in the collective bargaining agreement, you can't do that in back-to-back -back years. So they were ineligible, but Major League Baseball decided to leave all of their number combinations in the draft because it would skew the odds too much if they took them out. Guess what? The Washington Nationals got the number one pick, which led Major League Baseball to declare the pick null, and they redrew, allowing the Cleveland Guardians to have the number one pick. I, I don't know how I would have been able. Do, do, do you know what this show would have been like today if it had been the Cincinnati Reds that won the number one pick? In this draft lottery and then it got taken away oh i would my gosh. i would lose my mind but, it's but, I, I feel so bad for them today 
Well, and does this constitute now that they're going to go to their fan base and say, this is just the pains of being a big market team. It's just really hard to be a big market team. (laughs) So for all of those, for all of us that hate it, whenever the Reds come to us and talk about being a small market team, are the Nationals fans hearing right now how it sucks to be a big market team? Like, come on. It's just, I I tell you, I I love it though, because, and, and, um, and like I mentioned, Lindsay, he, he's got a lot more analysis on this uh, as he's got some know-how about what's going on with the draft. There's still plenty of time. I mean, obviously, I haven't even started the college baseball season. So some other players could creep up into this conversation. But right now, there are three players. You know, it's basically like when you start the Pokemon game and you got Bulbasaur, Charmander, and Squirtle. Uh, that's what the Reds are looking at right now. We've got um, the Bulbasaur, which is Nick Kurtz. He's the first baseman over at Wake Forest. He can hit what the ball the country mile. What the hell are you even talking about <laughs> right now? I forgot. You're too old for Pokemon. Um, oh, my God. <laughs> but, but no, you got Nick Kurtz, first baseman of Wake Forest. I who quit. Just- <laughs> get back here <laughs> and he's he's got a ton of power you've got jj weatherholt who's a second baseman he's out of west virginia and you've got um a bazana tony bazana who is the second baseman at oregon state he is a five tool dude and i've done a little bit of research over this i wrote an article about this over at inside the reds.com tony bazana Honestly, sounds like it should be like a, a, a mafia movie name, but he is a five tool dude, has a line drive swing, plays. He's, he's got a plus plus glove, according to scouts, so he can do everything would be an amazing get. And all three of these guys are college guys, 22 years old by the time the draft comes around. So you're really talking about maybe one year in the minors, maybe two years in the minor, like Matt McClain stuff, like really quick turnaround so that they could be assets to this team very quickly that's what the number two overall pick gets you it gets you these dudes who everyone is looking at the draft and be like those three guys one of those three guys we want one of those three guys the reds have a shot at and you know i can hear everybody saying why look at middle infield why are we even considering looking at middle infield well you'll hear i want to once again remind everybody of the painful reality of the new plan all of our rookie class that made it big last year is not going to be signed to extensions. That means six years of team control. By the time the draft picks picked in the next draft are major league ready. We're down to probably two years of teams control on a lot of these guys. You know what that means? It's time to start moving them. And that's what will happen. And to restock, you'll trade them away and you have the next wave ready to step up and take their place. So these picks are important. These picks now are important, not for today or not for tomorrow or not for adding to prospect capital that you can trade. They're important because one big component of Nick Crawl's plan is the restocking, is the roster churn that will come later. And uh, it's important that the Reds get these type of picks right. This was a gift, not expecting to pick at number two, not expecting to be able to land one of the prospects, uh, land the talent that's rated that highly in the upcoming draft. That's just big for the Reds because it helps fuel the plan, the plan that's working really, really well. Yeah, and I, I this has got to be a huge moment for him as well because, I mean, he has said multiple times, and, and we've heard 
multiple Reds general managers say this, but Nick Kroll has really made a point to emphasize it, that the way we build the core of our team is through draft and development. And so now he gets to pick a dude with the number two overall pick and just be like, yeah, see, look, I mean, draft and develop. There we go. It's like a cheat code a little bit, like, you know, up, down, right back. And then he hit the A button and all of a sudden, hey, it's the number two overall pick. And by the way, we're burying the lead. Shout out to Devin Mezzarocco. We really don't give Devin Mezzarocco too many shout outs, but uh, he tweeted before the draft lottery that he was going to appeal to the draft gods for all the many surgeries and IL stents that he had and that the Reds were going to end up with a top three pick. And that's exactly what happened. So put him in the Reds Hall of Fame. Let's do it. That's that's what I'm saying. I, I did see that tweet from Mezzarocco, and I, I thought that was great. Um, and and I and I do also like the incorporating of him into the Reds community. The mm-hmm. you know it, it seems we really do love our catchers around here, don't we? Uh, you well, know, not just, not just the Johnny Benches of the world, but we still talk about Tob and C. We still talk about. I still uh, talk about Hannigan. Ryan Hannigan. I don't know about you. Yeah, yeah still, still talk about Hannigan. Still talk about these guys that have just come through. And I mean, Corky is a legend. And really was not that spectacular as a player, but just right. his but he will always be a legend. He's yeah. going to be a legend around here. So um, we do love our catchers, and it's it's great to see uh, Mesoraco back in the fold. So I think that Jeff is probably a good spot to go ahead and wrap it up for today. This is a great show. Uh, lots of fun, a little bit of goofiness, lots of good information to cover, and uh, wrap us up. Yeah, thanks so much for checking out today's Lockdown Reds podcast and making us your first listen every day. Every day is coming up on the next show. We are going to continue to look at this offseason as uh, we end the winter meetings. The winter meetings were a little bit more quiet than we thought, but we got to blame Shohei Otani on that one. Everybody's waiting on him to sign. So once he signs and maybe the Reds make this trade for Dylan Cease, maybe they go get Michael A. Taylor. So they were linked to him. Who said that? We should do that. Uh, But we've got a lot to cover as the winter meetings are wrapping up. So make sure you check us out on tomorrow's podcast. And the best way to do that is to subscribe and follow us. And yeah, that's a live show. It's a live show. That's right. It's a live show. It's an Aloha Live Live Friday. Man, I buried the lead on that too. Aloha Live Friday edition of the podcast as we react to the winter meetings. Join us tomorrow then. Steve, until then, what can people expect from me and you? We're going to keep looking at these transactions. We're going to look at the news. We're going to look at the rumors. We're going to monitor all of the socials and gather up all of that information. Bring it back here and keep you locked on Reds every single day. You know who Charmander evolves into, Steve? Oh, my God. You and your your Pokemon. It's Charizard. It's Charizard. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.